Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and our word on Tuesday. 106.5 FM Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 105.0 AM Palm Springs. Welcome back into the house of mystery. I'm Al Warren, Mr. Michael Hawley. It is a Tuesday. Tuesday, True Crime Tuesday. That is correct. Uh, eventually, it's going to be a one Monday, Wednesday-ish kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're here. You know, we have to get used to it. And, and well, so here we go. So uh, Thanksgiving was good, right? You made it made it through. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I had to sign some release forms, so I might be uh, on another documentary coming up. So that's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, you know, uh, they're, they're just putting out these. Bad shows one after another. <laughs> I've got to be part of that. Yeah, you got to get there. Before, well, you still can, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. pretty soon you'll be too old. You won't know what you're saying. <laughs> well, that happens half the time. So <laughs> Yeah, they have to cut half of it. <laughs> oh, that guy's drooling again, you know. <laughs> right into my goatee. <laughs> yeah, what's he saying? What did he say? He, oh, he needs the bathroom again. <laughs> Uh, change another diaper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can see that now. Yeah, anyway. Well, well, you know, it's not that bad. Hey, listen, you know, look at Dolly Parton and Cher were playing at the... Uh, oh, yeah, awesome. That. Look at that. And Parton in her little outfit, you know, Dallas Cowboy cheerleader at 77. Wow. And rocked it, yes. Yeah, and Cher 77, too. It's like, wow. That's... Um, <laughs> Jesus, how come uh, people don't look like that in the grocery store? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the, where they go, where they are, but that's right. Uh, just, so, so yeah, you know. Uh, mind you, your wife, she's up there too, right? She looks pretty good, but she's not that oh, yeah. old. But. Yeah, as I said, she was a nationally rated judo player, so she's a tough lady. So I'm afraid of her. Yeah, I would. 
But yeah, she's going to be like a share, you know. 20, oh yeah, twenty thirty. She, you know, so you, you know, you better get your stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> of course, left behind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, yeah, they'll be going, does your father need help? <laughs> Don't touch my walking chair. <laughs> yeah, that's what they'll be saying. Oh, isn't that nice? Look at that sweet girl taking her dad out for a walk. <laughs> that's, oh, that's right. Terrible. Hey. That's terrible. <laughs> well, today we have got a retired uh, homicide detective. Oh, I believe he's a, a, a policeman. Anyway, we've got to find out. Let's see what's going on here. He's a writer, and his book, his newest book is called Sweet Thing, a novel. So let's welcome David Swinson. Thank you for being here. Yeah, hi. Good to be here. Hi, David. Hey. Well, well David, so you came from the policing world. Yeah, not, not homicide. I was uh, major crimes. I, I worked a lot of homicide and high-profile homicide investigations, but I wasn't Assigned her. I was assigned to major crimes. Oh, okay. So major crimes is kind of all sorts of stuff then. Yeah, it's whatever uh, they want to give you that is high profile. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How does it? I, I always, I always ask this whenever we have detectives or cops or people on that retire and stuff. I always wonder how when you when you're in that kind of a business and you're in it for a long time, is it hard to separate? seeing people as good you know what i mean because every day you go in and you're just dealing with the bad side of people and what they do bad and bad people and people that do wrong things and stuff like that so when you're outside of that on a, on a day off let's say uh do you just tend to look toward people like they're doing something wrong is it hard to break away from that no no i mean i i saw a lot of the the worst and a lot of the best and in, in humanity, and um, it's not all bad. There's a lot of bad, a lot of death, but there's a lot of good. I try to focus on that. I guess that's true. You know, bad things, good things do come out of bad things. Yeah, and a lot of what I did was um, when I was with in high to high intensity drug trafficking, we put away a lot of bad guys, and that that that's good. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I felt good <laughs> yeah. about that, and you know, I wasn't dealing with a lot of. Um, victims like before and that's can be sad when you have a lot of victims that you're you're dealing with and, um, but like you said it is there is truth to that that a lot of good can come out of bad and i've seen a lot of very very strong people yeah oh i imagine um so now after you retire from that kind of work you've gone into writing uh, is this something that you've wanted to do for a long time have you always been writing on the side since you were a kid type thing or yeah yeah my my first book i i wrote during summer vacation when i was 17 and i got my first rejection when i was 18 <laughs> oh yes <laughs> but you know um my degree in college was film i always thought i'd be a screenwriter but i fell into the alternative punk rock scene and um ended up promoting concerts but and uh, i didn't become a cop until a little later in life that was something I always wanted to explore and do as well. Oh, isn't that interesting? But writing, writing was always first and foremost. I always knew I'd be an author. So, so, um, so you've retired and you decide to make a, a, a run for it, so to speak. You're you're going to be a writer and do this, you know, the the full thing, the books and that. So you've gone into kind of a, a it's a it's crime, mystery, thriller, suspense sort of thing like that. So it's kind of kind of is there a lot of influence from your work? From being policing, 
Yeah, nothing, nothing real at all. It's all fiction, but um, it, a lot of it is based on life experience. It's interesting, isn't it, um, how that that happens? So now your main character um, is a detective, I believe, right? Isn't that Alex Bloom? Yeah. Uh, and so, where does he come from, and how do you how how is your interaction with your characters like when you write a character like Alex Bloom? Do you do you hear them? Do you see them? Feel them? Like, do you have that kind of relationship, or what's it like for you? Well, yeah, they stay with me for months before I actually write, start writing the story, and um, I just get to know their history, write their history down. They start living inside of me and um, having dialogue and stuff like that, how they talk, and and then when the story starts, it always starts with a character, and then I, I write by the seat of my pants, and. Um, so the story always falls into place, hopefully, and um, I, I don't outline. So I just sit down and, and try to write, and then hopefully it, it happens. So you you start with your character. Are there like aspects of your character that really kind of? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Put you, put you into the idea to get a, movie, uh, a book like Sweet Thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I get the basic idea that I want to explore. And um, so there are certain character traits that I, I like. I, I like involving a, a mother who's in assisted living with um, dementia. There's certain th- things like that I'll, I'll throw at the character. So you're throwing things at your character because you want to... Oh, yeah. Because you really want to see how they how they change, I guess. Yeah, you need to see them evolve or, in his case, uh, evolve. <laughs> <laughs> so then your life experiences, especially as a detective, you can, you've got a lot of uh, stuff to, 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 you know, to fill in on those pages. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's all I. I don't go for anything real or anything that happened. Yeah, I've been there, and I, you know, I've, I've experienced a lot. You know, being a cop and you know other other things. I wasn't always a cop, and um, you know, I, I try to put that life experience on the page, and I also try to put the city I'm working on the page too. Is it D.C. Washington D.C. Yeah, Washington Washington D.C. Yeah. Okay. All my books have been Washington D.C. So, like, you had, like, the shopping cart killer. I think that was in Washington, D.C., and that sniper killer. I don't know the shopping cart one, but I know the sniper. I was I was sort of, everyone was involved in that. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah, and then you had the shotgun killer. And, okay. Yeah, there was, you know, there was the murder capital for a, a long time. All right. <laughs> the shopping cart, that was me. They don't know you. <laughs> they don't know you. You're giving yeah. it away. You're getting a knock on the door now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what are you doing? A little more than a knock, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kick and bang, you know. Yeah, but see, I, I think that um, both both Mike and I write nonfiction and true stories, and so we deal with a lot of different characters, let's just say. I know I've met people in prison and, and, and all sorts of stuff, right? And you, you kind of pick up how people react and stuff and i think that really helps the book mm-hmm. you know for me um do you do you ever sort of really do you live out your character then like alex bloom are you sort of living through that character as you write and go through these situations no i i don't want you know well for instance frank marr which was the second girl was uh one of the new york times top 10 crime fiction books of the year and stuff and which is phenomenal i but i, I bring that book up because Frank Marr, I would not want to live. You know, he was an addict, you know, and uh, a cop retired quietly um, because of his addiction problem. So what do you mean by live it out? You mean? Well, I mean, like when, because like when a lot of times when we talk to authors, like they sort of, they're like you in the sense that they're writing a character, Alex Bloom, it's fictional, but he's, you know, he's a homicide. And you put things, you throw things at him, like, you know, you've got different, series of events that you're going to put him through uh and in order to write that character to to where it it sounds real and they they act and seem real and say the right things so to speak um you sort of have to feel it oh he's alive definitely yeah yeah no exactly yeah they're alive in me without a doubt 
all my characters. And so, so do you think that changes you? But like when you when you go through a book, like when the writing of Sweet Thing, however long it took you to do it, so you go through this whole book, it's completed now, it's done in the publisher, it's out, and that. Do you think that that experience during that time of writing changes you in some some aspect? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, the the Mar books definitely. You know, um, he stayed with me and. You know, and he comes back in Sweet Thing in a smaller role. And there are a lot of things that, that stay with me uh, that, that I throw at the character, like the homicide, the death scenes and you know, stuff like that. I mean, I'll think about them, you know, in bed and not wanting to think about them. And then um, the character does stay with me, too. And um, I, I, I don't want to give away anything, but, I mean, it was... Uh, it's it's tragic. This is a, a tragic story. I guess at the end of it, 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 does it end up being sort of a a subtext or a meaning to the story? I, I, I mean, you might not have intended it because, like you say, you don't outline. You just sort of you're going by the seat of your pants and you're kind of throwing things at the character and you're going through it and and you get to the end of the book. So sometimes this just happens organically. But is there some sort of a? Do you think there's a subtext or a meaning to the story? I think there's always meaning to, you know, stories. And um, I, I try not to find meaning to my stories. Um, it, it is organic, like you said, and that's how I like to write. And that's why I'm really impressed a lot of times when I read reviews and they find meaning to it that I go, yeah, okay, that, that's good. I like that. Nothing wrong with that. That's exactly what I meant to do, you know. And then the bad reviews, you know, well, yeah, well, I sort of meant to do that. It's too bad you didn't like it. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I don't. If you were to ask me what is the meaning of a sweet thing or any of my books, I, I would not know. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not intentional. It just sort of happens. Yeah, I don't think it is. For me, it's not intentional at all. I don't think writers, a lot of writers, I think there are some that can do that. And, you know, that's incredible if they can. But I don't think a lot, I think it comes to a lot of writers when they write. And then, you know, it says something really, I'm not saying it's me, you know, says something really great, you know, and that they did not intend for it to, you know. Um, I, I often think about, like, for instance, To Kill a Mockingbird. Did she intend to make it that, have that kind of meaning, you know, all those meanings, you know, and or it just happened organically. I wish I could have talked to Harper Lee. That's the one book, I guess, that stands out in, in your question, like uh, a book with incredible meaning. Well, and some, sometimes it can be something small in your life. I think that happens yeah. that happens to you, and you take that and you put it into something, and it turns out to be very meaningful to a lot of people. Oh, you're intuitive, because my mother was an Ashkenazi Jew, and she suffered from dementia, but it was ovarian cancer that got it. So very much, yeah, I brought that into the book. So those things, yeah, I, I, that doesn't really, it's not like um, me trying to say something. It's just something I'm bringing in for the character. I'm not trying to get into dementia and what it means and all this kind of stuff, and but just the pain of it, I guess, for the, the both both. Uh, well, the mother doesn't really experience the pain, but um, for him and his family members, yeah, there's a lot of pain having to go through that with a loved one. Yeah, yeah, and there's a difference if you experience it and it's personal to you, then you know, like a victim or. A case or something like that. You don't do that. You just you don't you don't do that. It's first of all you'll get sued, but um, unless unless it's true crime and you enter you get you know all the 
whatever the waivers or whatever you get signed. But in fiction, I think there was an author that did that and used an actual autopsy report, and it was so unusual, the autopsy report, that a family member read it. <laughs> Excuse me. So that was my childhood, and uh, it, indeed it, it was. Yeah, you have to, uh, you know, for, for me too, if I'm doing an up-to-date crime uh, story, I'm always, uh, I get everybody involved, all the family members I can, everybody, the police. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Because yeah, not only that, I want them, it's their story, it's not mine. I'm telling it, and, and I, and I want to make sure that, you know, I understand it, and I can only do that if I get a lot of people involved and get them so that they're like, and I send it to them before it gets published and say, so how's this? And yeah, I think it's important to do it right. And yeah. I think the good thing is in fiction, like you can, you can take the feelings from things you've seen or been through. You don't have to write them as, as a story, but you can absorb that kind of emotion and kind of, yeah, let it come out. And you, you do want really to get everything right in fiction, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So is there a level of therapeutic um, value that when you write like that, then? Definitely. When you actually, it's very painful until I get, sit down and actually do it. <laughs> but when it, it starts happening, then it's, um, and I get past like 10,000 words or whatever, and it just starts going, then it's very therapeutic. It's wonderful. I always say the good thing about the crime fiction writer is you get to, if you want, you get to um, serve justice in a sense, because so many times in real life when you see stories or you see what happens to sometimes to people, you realize, wow, you know, there, no, no, no real justice happened, you know, not for anybody's fault. It's just sort of the way it went. Sometimes the criminal gets away, you know, so to speak, and, and it's like it, I guess in fiction you could you can make sure the criminal gets it. <laughs> yeah, you can get your bad guy definitely. Sometimes not. Um, well, you you said that you like there you have an element of tragedy in your book, so you might like that not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um it's a different kind of just, justice in this book. It's not the ju judicial system. <laughs> that's only, you know, and that's only, that it can only go so far, and it can only be one one thing, you know. And it, it, I guess um, when, you're, when you write this sort of stuff, um, how, how does it make you feel at the end? Do you, are you happy about the stories and the way it's going and, and everything like that, or do you feel like, um, what's, it, what's it do for you? Sometimes that, you know, I mean, in this case, I was very sad, you know, but um, with uh, all of my other books, I was, uh, they were left open, and, you know, I, I really liked that. So, yeah, I, I, it's weird. When I finish a book, I, I, there's this emptiness that overwhelms me, you know. It's like it's over. Damn. You know, okay. Okay. Well, but it's not really over because there's the editorial process. There's the copy editing process. There's everything else that has to happen. So it's never really over. It is, actually. When it's out, it's, it's born and it's over. But when you first finish, I don't know if you guys feel this, but when you, I hit that last word and it's done, I, there's a real emptiness. Oh, certainly, certainly. And, and, you know, and then the, the edit process and the publisher process and all that stuff is just, it, I, 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 I hate it. I actually love it. I love my editor. I mean, I do. I love mine too. Like, I'm not, I'm not slamming her because uh, it's just, I just hate the process. Well, you better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully she's not listening. No, no, no. You see, and I met her through one of the very first publishers I've had. She was pub, she was editing for them. 
And I liked her. I liked the way she did it, and I liked the way she challenged me. It was just good. Mm-hmm. And so when I move on, even working for the other publishers, I still send my work to her. She still does oh, the really? edit. Yeah, wow. I still work with her, and then I take that edit it process, and then I send it to publishers. Oh, I, I understand. Yeah. My, my editor's with the publisher. Yeah, and that's that's what, you know, mine, mine still will be, but I'm very, I just, I connect it with someone, and I like having that pre-edit, and then I edit, and then I can send it out to them, and then then they can go at it what it does, but it just, I just like the work with the edit, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I've had six books with Josh Kendall at, at Mulholland Little Brown, and um, like, like you said, I mean, he definitely challenges me, and he'll... You know, he makes me a, he's made me a better writer. I mean, really. And I think that's incredible when an editor can just, yeah. you know, do that to you, you know. And um, I, I look forward. To, uh, sometimes I'm scared at first. I'm like, ah, you know, is he going to like it? But then once it passes and all that, then we get started. It's, it can be fun. Yeah. So do you have uh, beta readers before you do that? Do you have anybody to help you out or just to say, oh, I like this one or? Uh, friends, friends and loved ones, and yeah, right. You know, just a handful of people, not beta readers, but um, people I know, um, which are the people you honestly you can't trust. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna go. Oh yeah, it's good, man. We love it. We love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's good, man. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, my wife tells me when it sucks. <laughs> Actually, good. yeah, Jennifer would would tell me when it when it sucks too. <laughs> yeah. Very bluntly. Yeah. Um, and so would a couple, in all fairness, a couple of my friends would also tell me, oh, David, I don't know. And my agent, Ashley, is um, very good about, about that. I, I try to let her, not try, I let her read it first. And her kind of wording is like, are you sure you want to put this out there? <laughs> you know, a little more kind, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, then you go, uh, maybe you're not so yeah. sure. Yeah. He's an agent for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very diplomatic. Yeah. No, I know, you know, and they, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I like working with the editor in that way, but it's just, uh, it's a different process, right? It's not the same as when you're cre- down there creating and stuff. And, and do, it's true. Editors do make you a better writer. Mm-hmm. If you're open to it, if you're working with one and you, they throw things at you, then you go, oh, yeah. Cause they're just spotting out. Yeah, a good editor will make you a better writer is actually really, what you should look for in an editor anyway. Yeah, definitely. You know. And and does it does it do you ever get bothered by reviews then? I mean, cuz you're putting a lot of this ha- you know, it's it's close to you in a sense, you know. It is when we write books it is too. And uh sometimes you put your feelings in characters and doing things and then someone writes and goes, "Well, that character's awful. Or I don't like this person." Uh, do, do you ever sort of not not from book reviewers. I mean, uh, I mean like uh, readers, I mean, on, on social media or like Goodreads or whatever. Um, I try not to read those because some of them can, you know, be pretty bad. It's, a lot of them can be great, but I I would be very bothered by um, if a big newspaper or magazine or, you know, blog, you know, just um, tore it apart, you know, or trade, you know. Um, yeah, I that, that hurt. <laughs> oh, you just hunt them down. <laughs> yeah, I can't, you know, unfortunately, I, I would not last long in jail. I've got <laughs> claustrophobia. Well, then off them in your next book, then. Yeah. 
That's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, we talked to Ray's. I've got uh, some New York Times best writers, you know, it's, they, that said that that's what they do. They actually, not so much necessarily book reviewers, but um, people they've met in their life, they've come across people or someone that's been really rude to someone else in front of them, and they've kind of taken that person and used them as, as their a bad character that they end up having something awful happen to. And Well, Sean Kane in, in the book, is a, a homicide detective in real life, and Sean Kane is the name. It's not his him in the book, but I asked him permission. Can I use your name? And I I got him shot in the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a friend of mine, you know. Yeah. I, I've used a, a lot of in in the Frank Marr book. I can't remember which one. I think Crime Song. Jeffrey Baldwin. If you notice the the picture of me on the flap. It says photo by Jeffrey Baldwin. He's a very good friend of mine. I, I kill him in, in crime song. <laughs> and then Chris Doyle, Chris Doyle, I kill in um, in, in in sweet thing. So you gotta watch out. You being a friend is pretty uh, yeah. dangerous. Yeah, don't need, don't need enemies. Yeah. No, I think it's an honor to be killed in a book. Do you know that James Patterson uh, a couple of books ago? That he wrote with Jim O'Born. Um, someone said, "Hey, you got to read this chapter." And there were two chapters, and I read a chapter, and then it introduces this detective hopping out of an explorer, Detective David Swinson. And then in another chapter later on, it goes, "And then the fat detective David Swinson." <laughs> you know, I'm far from you know. I have nothing against you know overweight people. I mean, I'm not overweight at all. I, I really take care of myself, and I eat well. So that was just a real a rivet, you know, in, in a good way. I didn't take offense to it at all. No, no. He's a funny guy. We just had him a week or so ago. Yeah, he's a good guy. I, Speaking of that, David, do you, you know, you said that you read, uh, have read some of his, his stuff. Does that influence you in your own writing? I, 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 I wouldn't want anybody to take offense to this, but no, not really, no. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll go, that's really good on with story and stuff like that. But the things that influenced me are like um, rereading, like To Kill a Mockingbird and Charles Dickens and stuff like that. I mean, I have a lot. I'm reading right now, and I can't say I'm. It would be I'd be lying if I say I'm not being influenced by it because it is. Is David Joy's um, Those We Thought We Knew is brilliant. Um, so, and he's a he's a a young. Uh, he his blurb is on the the cover of of Sweet Thing for me. And he's one of those outstanding writers, so he's alive. <laughs> and there's a lot of living authors, yeah. Then of course, I, I take it back that I, I am very influenced by, but I can't name them because there's just too many of them, and I'm going to forget one of them, and the other ones can go. Why? Why didn't you mention me? Well, Patterson can't but, write. Don't worry about it. Huh? <laughs> Patterson can't write. So don't worry. <laughs> well, he doesn't really write his stuff, does he? Well, a lot of it he does. He has a lot of. Uh, uh, but I, I think, like his co-writers, write most of it. I think. I think. I don't. I'm not. I don't know. It seems like he puts. Um, he does um, quite a a big outline. Yeah, I, I, that's what I hear. Is he uh, does the outline and he calls you at like three in the morning and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So um, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm yeah. That up. No, it's, um, it's kind of. It's that's not far off. That's what he's like. Okay. He's doing. Yeah. He's calling people at two or three in the morning. So he is obviously. I mean, he does. Uh, write a lot, especially the outline is the hardest part. I don't outline, like I said, but that would be the hardest part for me to do. If someone gave me an outline, 
make my job easier. Well, we'll work on that. I'll get him to sign. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, it's it's all good, right? I mean, I I I'm sort of like you too, but I'm I'm listening to a lot of books more so than reading because I have so little time. But I'm doing a lot of older stuff. I'm really stuck in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, me too. I mean, uh, I love Higgins, like The Friends of Eddie Coyle is one of my favorite books, and you know, um, you know, all those books definitely. I, I think I think that's sort of because there's different ways you can write crime, and I'm guessing from your sound and the way I write and what you're what you're reading, you are really into the character and the emotions and a lot of the <laughs> stuff that goes with it. It's not just bang bang. No, yeah, no, it's definitely. An emotional roller coaster sometimes. For me, I'm not talking about for the reader. I don't, I don't know, maybe. But, um, yeah, that's, that's what I like. And I like books like that too, whether they're nonfiction or fiction. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You, you, there's a connection and, mm -hmm. um, and you kind of get into the character that way. Yeah. I, I have to have a connection with the character. Yeah. Cause the character is the most important, right? Because when you look at stuff like, mm -hmm. uh, look at, look at some of the biggest characters in life, you can even go to Sherlock Holmes. Modern mm -hmm. people still go to England and look for where he lives and stuff. You know, <laughs> he was never alive. But you yeah, know, I know that. I mean, yeah. but, but, but if the character captures, if you can write a character that captures people, It'll live forever. Yeah, that's Moriarty, uh, the the antagonist too. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. you got to have it, and that's kind of that's kind of I think the, but that's great. That's great stuff. You know, to write that way. Well, we'll get you an outline. I'll I'll get one written. <laughs> I can <do> that. <laughs> well, where do you see this going then? How how do you, do you, you're just doing it? So when you write a a series like this, like with when you've got detective or something, and you're writing a series about it. How far do you go with that series? Do you kind of, because you don't outline, so you just sort of do it as it goes? Well, three things of standalone. Frank Marr was a, a trilogy, but he can come back, and I'd like to bring him back. My, my next book for Mulholland Books is um, tentatively called Hound of Heaven, and I'm working on that now. And that'll take place in upstate New York, and um, but deal with a, a retired D.C. homicide detective. But... Um, I don't know whether that would be cool if that became a series. Yeah, I love, I like series, but I, you know, I really sort of, after three books of writing a character, I sort of like lose interest. Yeah. You know? Um, and I get, a, you know, fan mail and a lot of people go, you know, where's Frank Marr? You know, we want Frank Marr. Bring him back. Bring him back. So I, I know. You know, one day I, I I have to bring him back. You know, and I'd like to. Well, so so, but when you did Frank Marr and stuff, when you're doing that as a three part series, you never thought about it at the beginning. When you're writing a book at the beginning, you're not going, okay, this is going to be a series. I'm going to do. Well, actually, the first book I did. Okay. Uh, and no, I, actually, I didn't. And then um, the first book ended up getting me a three book deal with uh, with my publisher. And they encouraged me, we need more of, of him. And so I, I wrote two more of him. And then um, then I, I just couldn't write any more of him. <laughs> I love him, but I just, you know, there's was not nowhere else I, I thought I could go. Well, bring him back um, as Francis Marr. He's had a sex change. Yeah, there you go. Actually, coincidentally, you know who I, I absolutely, I, I have a film agent, and that book almost came a series and a film so many times. It never happened. And um, I just put a, a bug in his ear and said, listen, you know, what would be really cool is can you get the second girl, you know, uh, to Jennifer Garner? And I'm putting this out there, yeah. And, you know, as Frankie Marr, 
because she was so cool and peppermint. She's tough and uh, at the same time fragile but tough. And uh, Frank is fragile and tough. So, I mean, Frank can be a girl or a boy, Frankie Marr. Yeah, definitely. There you go, you see. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I can't bring him back with sex change. But she could, like, bring him back in a, in a film. Um, that would be way cool. Yeah. Or, or a series, I mean. Yeah. But, uh, or some any woman could do Frank Marr. Oh, there you go, you see. We're, we're working yeah. on it. See? <laughs> we'll get it worked out. Give her a call, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> She's not on my speed dial, so sorry. Oh, <laughs> now the book's out, and at at the end of the day, what do you what do you hope readers get out of the book? Are you looking for? Is it just great entertainment, great action, fun? I hope they just enjoy the read. You know that, that um, and they're not disappointed. They. Um, can get involved in the characters. How do you how do you write your your action or your violence? You know the action scenes and stuff like that. Or do you put much of that in there? Yeah, it does have a lot of action clues there. I actually just remember my actions, personal action scenes, <laughs> and, and try to and try to you know and and it's the book's first person, so I I write it in his his point of view, and and so it's almost like writing from my point of view. Uh, you know. Again, not based on anything real, but based on a lot of, you know, fights I've been in and, you know, and, you know, stuff like that and the shootings I've witnessed and, you know, things like that. Action is um, tricky, not the most difficult thing for me. Um, what is difficult for me is um, making sure the characters are right. Yeah. So is it particularly violent then? Does it get really? Yeah, it can get a little violent. All my books get a little violent. Okay. You kind of like that, eh? <laughs> well, that's, I don't know, that's a little warped. <laughs> well, it keeps it going, too, right? You need you need to have some of the action. Yeah, no, you have to have some. Well, you don't have to have violence in all books, but, I mean, in crime fiction, you, you should have a little bit. Yeah, because it's kind of what keeps it moving and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, Yeah. kind of interesting. Well, listen, so are you so are you doing social media, and do you have a website, and do you have all that sort of stuff? Are you online and available? Yeah, no, there's a... Um, DavidSwinson.com, and um, I'm on Twitter. Case Jackets is my Twitter sign, and then um, I'm on Facebook is David Swinson, and then Instagram. It's all public, so I welcome anybody that wants to, you know, uh, friend me. And you doing TikTok yet, or? No, my gosh, I can't do that. <laughs> no, that's one thing I want to touch. No, <laughs> that's just, this thing yeah, I don't do anything with, with my face going out there, but also <laughs> I, just don't, I don't really like TikTok. Oh, come on. You could put on like a mask and a hat. And you could... <laughs> yeah, then I'd be some sort of freak, an older freak. And... Well, they won't know that. Just put a mask on. <laughs> yeah. I just get a knock on the door by the local PD here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sven Gooley does it. Come on. You can do it. <laughs> just, just, just say your name's Michael Hawley. How's that? It'll work. I'm telling you. Yeah, it will, actually. Try it. Just, just say you're him. And, and... 60,000 hats right there. I'll grow my goatee out like him. And do you still have that, Michael? Yeah, oh yeah. I see your pictures. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. and hold up, um, hold up the book. You know, buy buy this book. It's really good. I like this writer. <laughs> you know, dance, get a dog. You know, I'll do a moonwalk. Do a moonwalk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you guys. No, it's, most people. No, I love you already, man. You're great. You're my kind of people. But, well, you know, you got to laugh at it all because these things just going on around us and 
we just keep getting older and I, I know you know it's, it's tough out there right now yeah well you know we're have, trying to have a good time best we can is with what yeah. we've got and that's all, that's all you can do right yeah you know everything else is just fiction well we appreciate you on the show and of course yeah thank you for having me yeah and the book of course is called sweet thing it's a novel and of course our our guest has been the author david swinson thank you very much thank you nice speaking with you david You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Sunday Media. I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.